Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, joined as always by Andrew Lynch. We got two NBA games on the slate tonight. It's it's tough to get too excited about these series. Bucks Celtics feels like it's over. And uh, I'm just too nervous about Warriors-Rockets, Lynch, to to get excited about. I'm, like, nervous. I don't want the Warriors to lose. Rockets fans uh, who keep coming after me on social media relentlessly. I'm public enemy number one in Houston. Um, I'm nervous about the series, again, as I was last year. It's all about one question. WWPJD. Uh, what would uh, PJ do? PJ Tucker, king of the world, so happy, one of my favorite players ever. We get to gamble on the NBA the only way that this week could have been better is if I hadn't made one of the worst EV decisions of my life on Friday night. Everyone knows, quadruple overtime, Blazers Nuggets, one of the greatest games in NBA history. Mm. One of the greatest games in NBA season, history. Okay. Literally historic. Hadn't had a quadruple overtime game like that in, what, 66 years? True. And I am sitting there riveted by Dennis Quaid's The Intruder. Instead of the NBA, because sometimes you have to make sacrifices and compromises in your relationships in life. So, yeah, I missed that classic game. But other than that, everything's awesome. Wow. Let's gamble. Well, I, I tonight is Rockets-Warriors. That tips at 730. I'm playing on this dad soccer team. I think I've mentioned it. Tonight's our, one of our final tune-ups before the tournament. I got to play. We started like at 8 o'clock. So um, I have to record the game. Try to get Just in an carry hour of your soccer. phone with you the no, whole time man. and I mean, stream I'm it while you're playing. I'm not trying to get injured playing soccer, and uh, I'll definitely catch second half live. But uh, let's start with Rockets Warriors, let's. shall we? Um, Lynch already giving a shout out to PJ Tucker. PJ um, Tucker. I think this game comes down to an easy number, one number. It's not the bench. It's not three pointers. It's not Harden. It's not KD. It's not Clay. It's not Curry. It's offensive rebounds. Mm. In game one. The Warriors had eight offensive rebounds. The Rockets, three. Warriors win. Game two, Warriors 18 to 10. Warriors win. Games three and four in Houston. Rockets 17 7, 13 and 8. Led, of course, by your guy, PJ Tucker. Whoever wins offensive rebounds has won every game of this series. Now, Tucker had two total in the first two games. Warmed up at home, got excited, got more minutes with Clint Capella unplayable, had 10 total offensive rebounds, huge factor at home. I mean, I think this comes down to uh, KD and Draymond manning up inside, not letting P.J. Tucker dominate. What is he, 6'6", if that? If that. And if he gets offensive rebounds, I think the Rockets can win if the Warriors hold it down inside, whether it's Looney the non-existent members of the bench. Uh, I think Warriors get it. I, th I think it really comes down to that. That's the most important stat for me. And if at halftime it's 7-2 Rockets on offensive rebounds, I'll be betting the Rockets at the half to win. I'm going to use one of my favorite words. That's fascinating. It really is. Because you go back five, six, seven, even eight years, and I think the Spurs and Greg Popovich really started a trend in the NBA where they said, you know what? Offensive rebounds don't matter. You know what matters? Getting back in defense against transition. Mm. And Popovich and his teams made a very conscious choice to abandon the offensive glass and get back. You saw it in those 2013 Spurs teams with Kawhi and Tim Duncan. They just would not attack the glass when a shot went up. But against a Rockets team that isn't running, that has Chris Paul kind of running the show, and James Harden a little bit, who's even looking to break down individuals one-on-one, -on -one, 
that's a really interesting consideration because you don't have to worry about them getting out and running in yeah. transition. Rockets so, don't want to run. They got two 34-year-olds, Chris Ball and P.J. Tucker. They want no part of up-tempo. They're slowing it down. And so here's to the question. The court. Do the Warriors take care of the offensive glass have in to. Game 5? Most important th- stat, I think. I don't think you worry about them trying to run. Uh, offensive rebounds, without question, the number one stat to watch in this game. Because uh, I looked at three-pointers. Rockets have had more three-pointers in every single game. Now, in- interesting, in Game, I think it was four, the Warriors were... Eight for 33, their worst three-point field goal percentage in their last 26 playoff games. They're not shooting the three well. Bench, Rockets have won every single game, led by the immortal Austin Rivers. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's offensive rebounds is the stat. Now, Lynch, let me quickly talk about Eric Gordon, who I think um, is, is having a phenomenal series. He's been a difference maker. He's outplaying Klay Thompson by a large margin. Now, Klay is defensively, He's focused on Chris Paul, and he's doing a great job. Chris Paul's not having a good series. But Eric Gordon is torching Klay Thompson. Eric Gordon, 23 points a game, 47% field goals, 35% from three. Klay, 15 a game, 38% field goals, 30% on threes. As such, my bets tonight, I'm, we're going to give out three-player props. We'll push them on social media later. I like Klay Thompson over points per game and I like Eric Gordon under I think there's going to be a pretty clear situation where Steve Kerr knows we've got to stop Eric Gordon now the numbers I've seen this morning they could have moved by now we're recording this uh, Wednesday morning out here in LA Eric Gordon over under 18 and a half I'm going under Lynch you're an absolute madman can I just say do you I and I hope the answer is yes do you believe there is value on player props? Yeah. That's, that I, is I've incredible to me. I've been pushing them on Lock It In. Now, last night I kind of screwed up. Uh, I had Joel Embiid on, on, on a, you know, just a heat check for me. Oops. And that was dumb. He missed shoot around. I thought, oh, it doesn't matter. Siakam hit. I had Damian Lillard, who had 22 going into the fourth. And then he didn't play a minute in the fourth. They were resting him. I, I think the number was 29 and a half. So I went two and two last night. But... Clay Thompson, 19 and a half over under. That's going to be over. So There's put a, no doubt about it. Let's put a pin in this game really quickly before we get to sides on the team level. What goes into your process in making player prop bets? Because I'm really fascinated by this. So Clay Thompson has been underwhelming in this series. The numbers are staggering. Okay, The narrative out there in the media, you see Stephen A. pushing that nonsense. Clay Thompson's unhappy getting crumbs. Uh, Clay Thompson knows he's being outplayed by Eric Gordon. Uh, people are saying, is Eric Gordon better than Clay Thompson? Just a quick reminder on Eric Gordon, folks. Wait, who's saying that? Ever, uh, social NBA Twitter, the dopes, the bozos on NBA Twitter. Eric Gordon, better than Clay Thompson. Eric Gordon, remember, was the number two recruit in the nation ahead of Derrick Rose, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin coming out of high school. Gordon was awesome at Indiana, seventh overall pick, but he couldn't stay healthy. He's now been healthy two years in a row, crushing it. I'm taking the under on Eric Gordon. Uh, that's part of my process. Media narratives. James Harden right now, 36 and a half. Saw that. That is way too high. Now, I know he's had two games hitting over that this series. I think another another game was 36. I expect Igudala, by the way, and here's the other process that goes into that. So in game three, Igudala in the overtime game played 40 minutes. I looked this up. That's the most minutes he's had in a game since 2016. Lynch, what happened in game four for Iguodala? He was gassed, couldn't make it. 29 minutes. His minutes were way down, shooting three of nine from the field, one of four from three. 
Igudala was so tired off game three, he had the biggest negative, minus 17, plus minus, of anyone on the Warriors. He was gassed. He will be ready for game four against James Harden. Minus 17, 17, P.J. Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back to Tucker. So those are my three player props. I'm going under on Harden, 36 and a half. I'm going over on Clay, 19 and a half. Under on Gordon, 18 and a half. My player props are non-existent because I'm not a madman, but I respect you and where you're coming from. Okay, so tell me, why why is it crazy to go in on player props? I just think there's too much. uh, Listen, if you have a system and you can really get in there and analyze these, there's value on every single bet. There really is, right? There's got to be a right side. I just... The NBA is there's so much variance. There's yes, it's true. such an unpredictable event from game to game. Granted, the playoffs become a little a little easier to analyze because you get into matchups and things like that, like we've talked about before. I just for me personally, as someone who wants to consider himself a value better, I just can't get into that granular level in the NBA playoffs from where I sit as a game. Very well said. So game three, Steph Curry had one of the worst playoff games of his career, missed two, a layup and a dunk in overtime. It was a disaster. It was clear to me he was going to bounce back in game four. His over cleared easily. I think it was... 21, 22. He had like 30 points. No problem. I'm pretty sure he's the most overrated player in the NBA because that's what Twitter Twitter tells me. So knock it off. Steph is a great. Uh, So even looking at Klay Thompson, right? So Klay Thompson in that uh, Clipper series struggled out of the gate. As everyone's saying, where's Klay? What's going on? Boom. Game four, 32 points. Like that's the kind of guy this guy is. That's the kind of offense and team this is. They're going home. Klay can hear this stuff. The players can hear it. It's obvious. I, I don't care if they say, oh, we ignore that. Clay has had a bad series. There's no doubt about it. Uh, last two games, he's 3 of 12 from 3. Um, I think he bounces back. I like the over. Quick aside while we're here, real quick. Not a gambling thought, but I need to get this out. For those who are saying, oh, man, why aren't we criticizing Steph Curry the way we've criticized other star players? That's a good thing. We've been, like, the way that we criticize these star players is so short-sighted and just so ridiculous. I think it's a good thing that Curry is not getting those criticisms because they've been so dumb in the past. Understand that teams are going to scheme for stars. Okay, They're well, gonna t- time out, Lynch. Hold on. This will How but dare you? I want to go back to what Conrad asked me. Who's, who's saying cri- nobody criticizes Curry? I I would say quite a few um, television shows and people are making the point that Steph skates. Oh, um, God. Regardless, that is that's no, disappointing. No, to I, I think that's two that's two different things. So I think Steph skates. Well, no, people want Steph Curry to be up there in the upper echelon with a top ten player in the or top five player in the NBA, which he I do. Is. No, I I agree, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. If you're a top five player in the NBA, you deserve to be criticized if you don't show up in the biggest playoff games because that is where you make your bones. That is where you become remembered. No, I mean, there, there's reasons why back in the day, Will Chamberlain averaged 50 points a game and Bill Russell won MVP during the regular season because he showed up in the playoffs every single year and he was the one hosting the title. Okay, but time out. So that's a fair criticism. But it's tough for me every single playoff game to have these massive, well, he didn't show up in game three, so he's a garbage player. And, and, and like, we're taking these sample sizes. We'll get to Kyrie Irving soon. Kyrie Irving all of a sudden stinks. Nobody wants in Boston. Three games. That's it. Go look at his finals playing alongside LeBron against the Warriors. I mean, guy's tremendous. He's a great player. You can't toss Kyrie Irving because of three bad games against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's all it's been. Yeah, but that's And they want to kill Ben Simmons, who we'll also get to, and I will defend him. And I feel like this is the social media. Like, people want to cut through, whether it's, as Lynch said, TV hosts, and they feel like they have to say this 
outlandish nonsense. This guy, Max Kellerman, Kawhi Leonard is more clutch than Kobe Bryant. Are you kidding me? He's lighting up 22-year-old Ben Simmons in the second friggin' round. Those are facts, though. Oh, God. Lynch, come on! They can't hear the laughter! Jeez! I, I can't even entertain... I can't give that stuff oxygen. But uh, anyways, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, along the lines of Kyrie Irving, though, you have to understand, when you're sitting here saying, I want to be the guy, I am the guy, and then when you don't show up as the guy, you get the fingers pointed at you. When you three have, bad games, exactly, no doubt. Yeah, but when you have great series, when you're playing alongside LeBron, and LeBron's scoring 40, you're scoring 35 a game, everything is okay. And But when you want to go on your own and you want to say, I want to be my own person, I'm better than this, and then you don't end up being better than that, that's when you so, get criticized. Okay, so he was great against the Pacers. Where's the props? The Pacers? Oh, so so now it's like okay, the Bucks are the number one seed. They matter more than the Pacers. I mean, I, it's just it it it's. I feel like it's tough. We're overly criticizing guys. I'll put a pin in this one. Damian Lillard last year and the Blazers were swept in the first round by the Pelicans. The narrative was, well, Damian and CJ can't work. Uh, you got to blow this up. I mean, these guys just aren't that good. They come out this year, basically the same team. Will you, you guys agree? And they destroy OKC in the first round, and they're now two wins away from a conference final. So, like, the narratives from one season to the next based on such small sample sizes, and I can't wait to talk about the Celtics next because I'm just out on that. I'm not going to overreact just as Klay Thompson stinks, right? 15 points a game. Eric Gordon's playing better than him. Klay Thompson's going to deliver for me tonight. I've got a Benjamin on each of those three plot prop bets. It's on the side, Lynch, do you have a side? I am Rockets plus six, and I am Rockets plus two fifteen on the money line. Wow! Yeah, I think I think those are probably both the ways to go in this game. I mean, only one game has been decided by more than six points, and it was game six one points. four point Warriors win. Game two six point Warriors Where's win. The, game three five point Rockets win. Game four four point Rockets win. Where's where the is public? Do we know where the public is on this? Uh, we do indeed. The public is well pretty. Little sharp on Houston. You're getting 39% of the tickets on the Rockets, 61% on of the tickets on the Warriors, but a 50-50 split on the money. I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm letting it marinate. I don't have a strong feeling on a side. Part of me thinks Warriors come out and beat them down by double digits the way we saw two other home teams last night. Uh that was Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night. I'm re- I'm really worried about Iggy. I know they're calling it a light hyperextension, but that was a scary, scary injury that he suffered in those closing Doesn't minutes. have great knees. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, this Warriors team, they don't have anyone coming off of That's the bench. This is maybe the where they're finally starting to miss DeMarcus Cousins. I know they weren't great with DeMarcus on the court this year, but just being able to have that guy who can slow it down and at least you have a number one option, I don't know. This, this Warriors team, I think they're just... I do believe they're going to win the title. I still do believe that. In but fact, you got Rockets and I got, money line. And I, but I've got Rockets money line tonight because I have to believe there is a greater than 33% chance that the Rockets win this game tonight. And all I, like getting plus 215, that's all I need is that the Rockets win this game one out of three times. Wow. Yeah. And the one narrative Are that I— Are you on this game, Conrad? I, I might end up getting on the game just because I do like the number because none of these games have been decided by more than six points. So at the worst case scenario to this point, it's a push. One narrative I am so happy to see die is the home team getting all the calls. Every single game in this series has been within two fouls of each other, almost even across the board. And in, I think game one, the Warriors had three more fouls than the Rockets. And even though that was the historic game where the refs kind of stood in there, didn't call three or four of the three-pointers, that should have been fouls. So you both lean Rockets. I, I think I'm going to have to bet the Warriors here. I, I, 
I just I can't see this team losing with Kevin Durant. There's no way they've lost three straight in the in the playoffs. That's a, I, there's just no way that's happened. I don't see that happening tonight. I, I know it might be the square side, but uh, let's move on to well, the real other. quick per the Action Network. Uh, you mentioned earlier that the Warriors were eight for thirty three from game uh, from three in Game Four. Following those games under Steve Kerr, the Warriors are fifteen and one straight up and ten and six against the spread at home after shooting less than twenty five percent from three. Do we realize how poorly Clay and Curry played in Houston? I know Curry had thirty in in Game Four, and they were still in overtime and a, and could have tied it. Let's be clear here. I am expecting a Golden State win by probably three or four points. I just think there is significant okay. value on the money line as well as taking the points with the Rockets. All right, let's move on. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, listen, if you go back and listen to this podcast, you go look it up. Uh, obviously, while you're looking it up, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, when you go back to the NBA preview, I went back and listened to it because I, I had Bucks plus 2,500 to win the East. And Lynch said so many great things. Did you listen to it, Lynch? Did you yes, go sir. Back? And he said so many spot-on things about Budenholzer, Giannis, this team. I'm not going to lie. It was so, I told Lynch and Conrad, clip that off and put it on social and date it, you know, October 14th or whatever it was. It was spot-on. And now the Bucks have beat the Celtics pretty impressively. Three straight games. I There's no way I can bet the Celtics here. This team is in disarray. Kyrie Irving really pissing off Celtics fans everywhere with who cares that I missed a million shots I should have taken 30 um I'm on the bucks tonight uh it looks like the lines moved down to eight and a half yep came just came down from nine to eight and a half so within the past hour gotta be big bets. there have been a couple of steams on Boston Boston is getting smart money um that said Listen, the one thing that I really missed on before the season, I didn't give Budenholzer enough credit. Mm. I, I said that, you know, I was skeptical of him come the postseason, but I thought he was a great regular season coach. And he has made, Zach Lowe uh, at ESPN wrote about this this past week. He has made one of the biggest adjustments in this series by going from the, the Bucks switched on the pick and roll defensively at the second lowest rate in the NBA this year, according to Second Spectrum. They have switched everything since game two in this series because uh, reportedly Eric Bledsoe in their post game one film session came out and said, coach, we, we got to switch. The, the only way that we're going to stop that Kyrie Al Horford pick and pop is to switch. And they've done it. And that defense has completely stopped Boston. Interesting. And I'm on, I am, I'm on Milwaukee as well. Minus yeah. eight and a half. It here. is a phenomenal point. I want to add, uh, Budenholzer has outcoached Brad Stevens by a mile. You've outcoached Brad in Stevens. In the third quarter. I mean, listen, Brad Stevens, I, again, this is another Conrad thing. People are selling, well, Brad Stevens, maybe he's not a genius. Um, l- 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 let's just stop bashing. Has he had a good series? No. In the third quarter, are you ready for this? The Bucks have destroyed, destroyed the Celtics in three straight third quarters. 39-18 in game two, 33-23 in game three, 40-31 in game four. That's coming out of the halftime locker room. Budenholz are seeing stuff, and the Bucks are rolling. Uh, remember how I gave out the offensive rebound stat uh, for the Warriors-Rocket series? For me, this one is without a doubt the bench. The Milwaukee Bucks bench, the last two games in Boston, 32-7. In game three, 42 to 16. Like Giannis and Middleton get in foul trouble. Who cares? We've got George Hill and Pat Connaughton. I mean, I'm not kidding. Pat Connaughton. 
Connaughton has outplayed Gordon friggin' Hayward. And oh, by the way, Malcolm Brogdon has been upgraded to probable and is expected to play. Mm. So they, a deep team Listen, gets even deeper. Did anybody on planet Earth have George Hill outplaying Scary Terry and Kyrie Irving? And it's not been close. I had him play, outplaying Scary Terry because if you watch this uh, Boston team all year, you can tell there's just so much dysfunction. Having Kyrie and having Hayward both integrated back into this mix was the worst thing that could have happened for this Celtics team. All the young guns felt like they had to regress their talents. They had to take a step back after they took four steps forward last year. I don't think Brad Stevens is doing that bad of a job. If you go back and you watch the defensive tape of how Kyrie Irving is playing these matchups and these pick and rolls, Kyrie is literally telling defenders, his own defenders, where to go, and he wants to get matched up one-on-one with Giannis. You know what Giannis is doing every time? Mm. Take him to the high post and put him in a blender. Every yeah. single time. Giannis, 39 in Game 4. Interesting you mentioned, um, what's his name coming back, Brogdon. Uh, it's a weird time to bring him back. I agree. With the bench that was my one rolling. thought. I know. But it's like Marcus Smart last game, though. I, he, he well, put, they were desperate. They needed Marcus Smart. Yeah, but what, Marcus Smart coming off of a, a month injury, coming in and giving you one for five in 12 minutes. I mean, I get that he can be a pit bull and he can get up in your face defensively. But at the same time, when you're scoring not even 100 points a game, put some offense on the court. <laughs> Who are you enjoying more, Giannis or Kawhi? Kawhi. I, I got to be honest, the, the way they shut down Giannis in game one with the Horford and they boxed him in, he had two assists, uh, couldn't couldn't get to the foul line, 50% on free throws. His adjustments to what Boston has done, now I don't know if that's Budenholzer, him, uh, Giannis is, I mean, he looks unstoppable. I'm looking forward to Giannis Kawhi next round, uh, assuming that materializes. I'm going to lean Giannis. I mean, I had him as MVP. He's been absurdly good. Um I think tonight, any player props, Lynch or Conrad, in this game that jump out at you? Um, actually, do you have a side? We'll start with the sides. Uh, for Celtics Bucks tonight? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm on Milwaukee minus eight and a half. I'm yeah. with you. I think it's a square play, but I, I don't really care. I, it's just not a good vibe in Boston. And this, what's Kyrie Irving stuff going to do? Did you see today? The odds were out that the Brooklyn Nets are now favored for. Now, I don't know where that info comes from. Is that sharp? Inf- is that from anywhere? Is that informed? Is that just spitballing? But, you know, the dysfunction that Conrad mentioned feels real. No, I mean, the Titanic took a long time to sink. It just didn't happen all at once. I think the Celtics have the most talent other than the Warriors in the NBA. Maybe maybe the Sixers can be up there. But pound for pound, how much talent this team has, I would probably lean taking the Celtics plus eight and a half. I really? Think, I think they have, they have so much to play for tonight. If not, I mean, they're going to go into the offseason with so much turmoil, not knowing what's going to happen. I will, yeah. I will say, along those same lines, I'm really, really eyeballing a small bet on Celtics plus 300 on the money line. Yeah, I'm seeing you're plus te- 330. You're telling me, like, you're telling me the Celtics don't win this game one out of four times? Down like, 3-1 in Milwaukee. It's going to be rabid there. I think rabid can be used to describe whatever that stadium is called, right? Yeah, I mean, as long as you're not talking about the bat in San Antonio, Fear that's fair. the deer. Um, Kyrie Irving, over under 25 and a half points. He, is he going to be jacking shots, or is oh. he going to get the teammates involved? He's getting his 30 tonight. He said, I, I should have so took 30. Like He's over. getting his 30. He's taken 22 shots the last two games, both losses. His last three games, he's 4 of 20 from deep. Do you know Kyrie did not attempt a free throw in the first two games? Set next two games, just attacking relentlessly. So maybe there is something to that. Um, if, if there is a player prop I'm looking at, it's Chris Middleton been quiet 20 and a half i mean this guy uh i i'm looking at chris middleton over 
tonight um, in uh, Milwaukee or whatever. What side are you on? I'm on Bucks. I, I took the Bucks. I've already bet the. I've actually, you know, Lynch said at the outset it's tough. You know, every night betting on NBA, I kind of find it fun because I don't do summer baseball, and it gets me into these games because like last night's game sucked. 100% agreed. Like if you're in it for fun, you know, we're gonna do everything we can to provide you as much value as possible. Totally for that. Listen, I've made a half dozen NHL bets. NHL, you know, this postseason wow. just okay. to get a little skin in the game on some of these game sevens, like. Wagering, gambling, it should be fun. Yeah. Gamble responsibly, absolutely. Yeah. But if when we start talking on a true value level, not the store, um, you, I, the NBA is just it's yeah. damn near impossible. I'm not looking at a thousand dollar bets here. Okay, is it hundred dollar bets? You know, is it Wednesday uh, during the playoffs? I mean, Chris Middleton was four of nineteen in Game Four, and they Tom, still like, won. You're handling. making a hundred dollar prop bets? Yeah. That could feed me for months. Nah, stop it, Connor. I mean, I, I try to keep even on all bets because anytime I, I load up spaghetti. and it's like, oh, this is I love this bet. I, I load up and it goes it goes awry. Chris Middleton over 20 and a half at home. Uh, we saw he hit seven of ten threes in game two. Um, I, I like that. That would be my one prop um, for this game. What about totals? Any totals jump out at you? They. I think these I think these totals are spot on. Um, I you know dabbled a little bit with Warriors Rockets, and of course that game went to overtime. Uh, we lost that under, so nothing really jumping out for me on the totals uh, coming into Wednesday night. All right, let's quickly uh, wrap up talking a little Sixers Raptors game six. This would be Thursday night. You said, uh, Lynch, you're seeing Raptors favored by two. Correct. That Raptors open me. minus one. They're up to minus two currently. I, 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 the, the narrative online is sell the Sixers. They stink. They're dysfunctional. There's no chemistry. Jimmy Butler said, who needs chemistry? Joel Embiid's vomiting all over himself again because he's hurt or vomiting apparently you know, every day of the week. Um, ben Simmons, everybody thinks he's trash. Trade him. People just freak out over one game. I mean, Lynch, you're nodding, but... That's the reality, and it's like we're just making so many judgments off one game. Ben Simmons has now two full seasons body of work. We know he can't shoot. We get that. He's not really attacking as he should be. I think he's one of four from the foul line in the series. I will be betting the Sixers at home in game six. I, I'm on them. I, I don't think there's any discussion about it from my point of view. It's like when everybody's selling one side, I'm buying. I don't know anybody who thinks the Sixers have a chance in this game. I, I do. I, I like. I would lean Raptors. I will probably be staying away from both of these Thursday huh. games if I'm honest. I just don't have a very good read on either of these series, um, and I don't want to get you know go out on a limb where I'm overextended. But yes, the Sixers have a chance in this game. They, you, it comes down to Joel Embiid's health. If Embiid can play ninety percent or hundred percent of what he's capable of, this Sixers team might be the better team. Okay. I can't really say one way or the other. I think the Raptors are probably better. I think we saw that over the course of 82 games, and especially with Kawhi Leonard in playoff mode the way that he is. But this Sixers team, like, there is a universe where they represent the East in the finals. It's not very likely. I don't think there's any value on a bet on the Sixers to win the East. But, I mean, if you think it would be shocking for Philadelphia to take on the Warriors or the Rockets come June... You're just disillusioned, and you are overreacting. 
I, I think you're a million percent on with that. I think the 76ers have a top five roster in the NBA. I think Joel Embiid, when he's healthy, is one of the top three funnest players to watch in the NBA. He can be so dominant like anything we've ever seen before. And if he's not 100% healthy, and we know he's not, I wouldn't even say he's like 75% healthy at this point. If you could even 80% Joel Embiid, I think the 76ers are going to the NBA okay, this Finals. Is, this still sound crazy. So game three, Brooklyn Nets, Sixers. Nets... Tied 1-1, Nets are hosting the Sixers. Embiid is out. What happened? Ben Simmons dominated that game. I know it's the Brooklyn Nets, and they're not as good as the Raptors. Ben Simmons, 38 minutes, 11 of 13 shots, 9 of 11 from the foul line because the lane was open without Embiid. He had 31 points, 9 assists. He was utterly dominant. I think the future of Ben Simmons, obviously away from Joel Embiid, is play him a point guard slash five, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. The Magic Johnson approach. Magic Johnson or Draymond Green, right? Draymond Green can guard anybody. Ben Simmons can defend anybody. And yes, timeout, he's getting eaten alive by Kawhi Leonard, which is understandable. Kawhi Leonard is, is, is an elite player in this league. Ben Simmons is 22. I want to remind everybody that when Kawhi was 24 years old, he went up against Kevin Durant in 2016. I'll never forget this series. So it was 2-1, and OKC was in trouble. Kawhi was locking down Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant went for 41. Go look this game up on YouTube. Game 4, 2016. Durant dominated Kawhi Leonard. Durant's an elite offensive player. Kawhi, young guy, got dominated by Kevin Durant. Thunder went on to win the series. I believe... Ben Simmons ultimately will be a great defender. He is. He's done a pretty good job the first couple games against Kawhi. Kawhi's had the advantage. But if I'm the Sixers, I think they can win game six without Joel Embiid. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a tough sell. That's fine. I, I am totally understanding. Again, they certainly can. And I think there's a nuanced point here that I think we should really hammer home just as, as an NBA discussion and not even a gambling discussion. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can play together. They, I could, they yeah. could be together as the one and two option in some order on an NBA championship team, but it is going to be extraordinarily difficult. And that's the, the needle that I want to thread here is, yes, when you hear people talking about how Sixers need to trade Embiid if they're going to make the most of Simmons, that is probably the easiest way to maximize Ben Simmons' ceiling is to get rid of Embiid because he is, just because of the nature of his game, he is going to play better and his he's, the Sixers might even be better when he is on the floor without Joel Embiid. But to say that they have to is a bridge too right. far. No, and a very, right. I like Brett Brown a lot. I don't know if he is necessarily up to the task of figuring out how to make those two work together. I don't, they're not Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. No. We had a lot of questions about the Miami Heat after year one. So I just wanted to make that point for what it's worth that yes, Simmons is better without Embiid on the floor. Maybe there's a world where the Sixers are better with Simmons without Embiid. But that doesn't mean that's the only world where the Sixers can succeed. That's a great point, and I know nuance is lost on social media often, and, and that's uh, I would phenomenally agree with that. Now, I do want to add, in that Game 3 against the Nets, Ben Simmons was running the show. Greg Monroe started for uh, Joel Embiid. And again, Monroe was like, what, a midseason acquisition? He's viewed as basically unplayable at times. Hit 13 rebounds, six on the offensive glass, nine points. He didn't shoot it well, but he basically got the hell out of the way so that Tobias Harris, who went six for six from deep in that game, and J.J. Redick, who went five for nine, could spot up. 
if you put shooters around Ben Simmons, I'm a believer in Ben Simmons. I, I know Conrad's out on him. I'm Lynch not, is out on him. You guys not, don't love him. No, I'm not out on him. You just need no. a very. I think you need a very specific system. It becomes more of a dribble drive motion offense in the Calipari sense, yes. which we don't see a lot in the NBA. George Carl might have been the last one to really commit to that with the Nuggets and again with the Kings. Ooh, um, a little history lesson. Yeah, I man, like I love that. the NBA. <laughs> no, I mean, but the thing is with Ben Simmons though, and I watched a ton of NBA. He is very lethargic, and he shows his emotions on his sleeve where he just literally looks like he doesn't want to be there half the time. He hasn't proven to anybody that he wants to do a jump shot, and all the reports you hear from anyone talking about the 76ers, he's a diva. He doesn't work well with others. He doesn't put in the time in the offseason. He's point, hanging out with Kendall Jenner. I, no, I, I get it's it. It's a but joke. At the, joke. At the same time, though, if I have a young up-and-coming superstar, give me the one that has the work ethic and the one that's going to show that he's willing to play in the big games. And no matter who's on the court, who, you're going to take over. I, I, It's not Ben Simmons. So is that Joel Embiid? I think I think Joel Embiid is a much better big-time player. And Joel Embiid, like I said, we're talking a lot of smack about Embiid over the last two games. But I'm telling you, when this man is healthy and he's put on a show, there is no show like but it. You build around the big man. Boban. It's, it's such an... So, second half of the season, there were 24 games for the Sixers. Embiid only played 14 of them, trying to rest up for the playoffs. And what happens? He's hurt again. Now he's sick. He's got, like, what, a respiratory illness? It just feels to me like it's always something with this guy. I don't know when it ends. I know he's getting clowned by Barkley and those guys hardcore, and that's probably a little over the top because Embiid was great in Game 3. Um, I know, but we looked up the stats. Last week we did knock down Jay, and we had we, we had to uh, look at Shaq's stats compared to Embiid's stats. 13 is Shaq's 18 season. He played under 67 games. I, I mean, like, if, if you look at the numbers, Shaq was always off the court. Not always, but, I mean, he took off about a fourth of every season for 13 years. I mean, he never missed two seasons, two full seasons. No, no, 100 percent, you know? yeah. So I, I just have long-term concerns about Embiid. At any rate, uh, that's a lot of gambling stuff. We'll, you know, um, I don't know if we're gonna get a seven-game series here. You know, it kind of would be a little disappointing. Oh, I if, hope so. That Sunday would be fantastic. I, I don't want. Uh, do you? Okay, let me just wrap up with this. If the Rockets beat the Warriors, what is your interest level? Be real, Lynch. Don't joke around. Nuggets, Rockets, or Blazers, Rockets? Is that I got to get home to a TV? I can't go see a movie. Uh, I can't. I can't go to the beach. What's your interest level? I would. It would for me personally. It would be one of those things where if something else comes up, I would have to heavily consider it. But <laughs> I, I really do enjoy watching this Rockets team. Do you? Yeah, yeah I same. do. I, I think I think Rockets Nuggets would honestly be fantastic. Nuggets have a ton of really young talent. I think Nikolai Jokic is one of the best like undercover superstars. People are just now starting to learn how to pronounce his name for God's sakes. And this guy is fantastic. Jokic or Embiid? You, Jokic. You're building around. Jokic. Okay. I would agree with that. I just I, I don't like the Rocket style. It's one on one incessantly. There's no passing, there's no flow. And they have realized like we don't want anything but three pointers or Harden drives, Gordon drives. And that I mean, it was, like, what, 53s? Is that what they attempted? More. Give Lynch, me more. Watch it. It's uh, Same thing over and over. And if they win the series and the and the Warriors are done, like, just put me in off-season mode because it's straight up like, all right, what do you— uh, The Warriors cannot improve if Kevin Durant leaves. They don't have the cap room. They can't go find Harrison Barnes. Cousins is gone. Uh, the bench is non-existent. This is a—I don't want to go overboard, but feel free to quote me on this. It's a 48-win team if Kevin Durant leaves the team. They're not a 55-win team. Not in the West. Not with the inability to add people. The team that won 73 games goes to 48. 
Yeah, there are 48. Well, again, seven, go look at the 73-win oh, bench. Oh, I have. It was awesome. That yeah. bench could do stuff. It didn't have McKinney and Kevon Looney and these guys. I, I'm not selling the Warriors, but without KD, there's a 48-win team mm. in the West. Lynch, no comment at all. You're you're holding back. Is that did I just get too incendiary? I uh, I mean I haven't looked deeply enough at the roster or their cap situation. Um, certainly, you know if they lose Bob Myers, that's another blow potentially. I forty eight would have tied for seventh in the West. To to say that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, if assuming Clay is back with Golden State, yes, and they just lose KD. To say that they would only win forty eight games is. Pretty spicy, my friend. Well, I think we just found our tagline on social media. <laughs> All right, uh, folks, thank you for listening. Hey, good luck with the player prop bets that Andrew Lynch does not like. I um, do have one. P.J. Tucker, over under .5 of my heart stolen. Oh, Take wow. the over. I thought he was going to go like a rebounds or offensive rebounds. Some of the Take the over. T- By the way, so I'll be on Lock It In today, and I did see Todd Furman has a P.J. Tucker prop. My man. I, I can't give it away, but uh, it's not a terrible one. For Andrew Lynch, producer Conrad, I'm Jason McIntyre. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>